0: Welcome to Campus Tales, a podcast series brought to you by the ISB admissions team. Get ready to immerse yourself in the captivating world of the Indian School of Business through the voices of our current PGP students. Campus Tales is the podcast series to gain insights into life at ISB, where dreams turn into realities and futures are shaped. Discover a treasure trough of inspiring stories, unique experiences, and valuable advice from our diverse student body. Hello everyone, this is Amit Tyagi, Associate Director for Admissions at Indian School of Business, and I am your host for the Campus Tales episode today.
1: My dad I brought me for the interview. Uh, unfortunately I lost my father last year, but I was ultimately rejected. I will not blame ISP completely for this. You know, nine years of corporate life, you know, working 12 hours a day. But even after that, you know, life at ISB does seem to be busier.
0: That's Ashmeet Bhatia for you. He's a qualified CA, sports enthusiast, plays football, is also part of the graduate student body as Director of Finance and Governance Council. Ashmeet, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Ashmeet, let's start with uh, talking about your background and pre-ISB work experience.
1: Right. As you mentioned, I am a chartered accountant. I have about nine years of work experience uh, and prior to ISB, I was a manager working with Deloitte USI. I've also worked with EY and I've done my CA articleship with them. Apart from CA, I've also done my undergraduation from Delhi University and uh, I actually did my schooling in Muscatuman before moving to India for my CA.
0: Right. That's interesting. So nine years of work experience. So how was the experience like being coming to ISB
1: and easing with the cur- uh, rigors of academics at ISB <laughs> after nine long years? And yeah, that's an interesting question. So You know, 9 years of corporate life, you know, working 12 hours a day. But even after that, you know, life at ISB does seem to be busier because uh, there's so much to learn, so much to experience every day. And there is always that fear of missing out because there's so much going on over here.
0: Another interesting fact I noticed is that, you know, CA, a lot of CAs don't prefer to do MBAs Mm -hmm. uh, after completing their CA qualification. So what made you choose to
1: do an MBA after your CA qualification? Right. Um, Yes, there is this belief, I think, with some CAs that, you know, they've already done the toughest financial course out there. And that doing an MBA might actually undervalue their CA degree. However, I feel that is not true. Um, You know, once I came to ISP, there is so much here to learn. There are so many other skills which any CA can gain from, you know, be it, you know, majoring in, say, marketing or corporate strategy, operations management. There's so much out there which people are not even aware of. So I think that is just a misconception, uh, you know, which I think I can clear today. There is so much to learn every day at ISB. And as a CA, do you feel you have some advantage over other folks who are in the cohort in terms of the learning or already knowing finance, financial concepts at ISB? You know, answer to that would be yes and no. Yes, because yes, there are some subjects where we have, you know, a financial background in which we may have covered in our CA course. But there is also a lot of unlearning that we need to do because, uh, you know, there are concepts which are new or things which have changed since, you know, when we last studied it. But at the same time, there are also subjects where, you know, CAs do struggle because we have statistics and economics, which we haven't really covered in our CA course, where maybe the engineers would benefit more. So I think it balances itself out at the end. So, uh, of course, uh, you talked about engineers, and you are
0: a CA, and we see a lot of diversity at ISB campus, we have people in the cohort who are from different backgrounds. So what is your cohort like? I believe there's something called study groups which you are all a part of. So what does your study group look like? Who are the people there? What are their
1: backgrounds? And what did you teach them? What did they teach you? So I think as you rightly mentioned, diversity is key in ISP and that is clearly visible right from the first week. I think initially they divided all of us into sections and then each section had us divided into groups of four or five which we call our study groups. One thing I noted in my study group was that everyone came from a very diverse background. I had someone who worked at Microsoft, uh, as a computer engineer, we had someone, um, you know, who is an actuary, someone with another finance background, but was not a chartered accountant, but still had a lot of knowledge equal to a CA. So what I'm trying to say is that everyone had so much to offer. And uh, the way ISPs designs this whole course is that everyone can contribute in some way or the other. And uh, to be honest, the first two months itself, uh, you know, there were projects where I could see I was struggling, but someone else picked it up and explained it to all of us. And then similarly, there are other projects where you know, they were struggling and I was able to give a good background there. So every day, as I said, you learn something and everyone on campus has so much to offer. And speaking of diversity, you know, people in my section, there's some, someone from the army. We have an ISRO scientist on campus as well. So there is a lot. We have a dentist. There's a lot to learn from everyone.
0: Right. I understand there's a lot to learn in terms of the classrooms, in terms of case studies. But what about outside the classrooms? What do you learn from people in terms of diversity outside the classroom, how do they contribute to diversity in terms of your campus experience, in terms of your activities,
1: any thoughts on that? Yes, that's a good question. And, uh, you know, I would like to answer that is that, you know, apart from academic activities at ISP, there is so many other non-academic activities which go on via our social clubs, firstly, and secondly, Even apart from the social clubs, we have like, for example, the dance club, music club, which regularly do events and invite all of us to. Uh, They also have workshops where they teach every student if they're willing to learn. So that is obviously very conducive to anyone who's looking for learning new skills beyond academics. But apart from that, we also have something called an expression circle. And that takes place, I think, every, every month. We're trying to do it twice a month. But what happens there is everyone from a diverse background comes and sits over there and it's completely open to everyone to share their feelings. That is a very you know big opportunity for people to actually uh, share what they've been through. And it doesn't have to be professional or academic. They can also share their personal stories. And I think that is some another place where I've learned so much. That sounds really interesting.
0: We also hear that you are part of the graduate student board at ISB or what you call the GSB. Yes. So can you tell me what is your role in GSB and why did you choose to
1: you know play that role at uh, the GSB? Right. So um, I'm, I've am i been elected as director of the Finance and Governance Council uh, in the Mali campus. So what happens here is that it was, I think, in the first month itself, where okay. they sent an email that if anyone is interested in applying for uh, director positions, uh, you know, you can go ahead and send your manifesto to the cohort. And I did think about it initially because uh, before coming to ISV, the alums did tell me that, you know, having a P.R. can take some time out of your academics. But it was also important to, you know, use this as an opportunity to network and also contribute to the batch in, you know, with the skills I have in my finance background. And also in terms of governance, because as I said, I was a manager in Deloitte and I have a lot of skills in people management. So I took that as an opportunity to contribute as well as to learn and network. And it has been a good experience so far. So what exactly does a Director for Finance and Governance Council do at ISB? What are the day to activities or what are the overall mandate for this role? Right. So if I break it down, uh, you know, there, there are four parts to it, actually. The first part is the treasury, treasury part. So basically we manage everything for our cohort in terms of the funds, in terms of getting approval for different events, in terms of budgeting the requirements for the whole year, and also to reimburse any expenses which take place. So this is something which takes place almost on a daily basis. Apart from this, we have governance and our governance is very important because my role basically is to ensure that there is complete transparency and fairness. So we have a set of rules which we follow, and in terms of every single club, be it professional, social, that is out there today, uh, that has been routed through the FGC. So all the elections were convened by us, the selection process has been very open, and uh, just to maintain fairness and transparency, I think that is one of our main roles in terms of our governance aspects. We also manage the case competitions for the cohort, and we have a program called Shadow, a CEO, which will take place at the end of this year this is something which we are also uh, we have begun working on this term right so you talked about elections manifestos
0: and campaigning so how was the experience campaigning for this particular uh, position like what were the highs and uh, lows of the campaigning process could you share some uh, insights with yes. the yeah. listeners
1: so to be honest i didn't campaign too much it was more of uh, as i said i wanted to contribute and I also wanted to learn so It came naturally that way. But I think three things which worked for me in my campaign was uh, I think had the early mover advantage, you know, once they announced that if you're interested, you can send your manifestos to the cohort, or send your expression of interest. I was one of the first few who did that. And what motivated me was that I got a really good reaction from the cohort on that email. So that just motivated me to actually go all the way and, uh, you know, and stand for the elections. Second thing which worked for me was my soapbox video. So just to be clear, the soapbox is something where uh, you know we present, we make a presentation for the cohort and it is open for everyone to ask us questions on our presentation. Basically, it's what we want to offer and it is portions from our manifesto. So I made mine in a very interesting way with a, with a music video, you could say. Uh, and basically, I showed people that, you know, we manage money as part of our everyday lives. So I think that soapbox video was a hit. Uh, I did get a lot of good reactions and I was able to differentiate myself from the other candidates through that. But that being said, it's very important to have respect for everyone during the selection process. I think every candidate was very good. Uh, everyone had a good uh, set of skills. And end of the day, it's a very fair process. So. Uh, having respect for everyone in the court and your uh, your partners, uh, your study partners and your study group members. I think that is very important. Wow, well, the
0: process seems very intensive and you know, a lot of hard work. So how do you manage the process of getting elected for this role, also at uh, ACADS? So we hear that, you know, ACADS in the first three terms are very rigorous. Uh, so how was it like managing both the
1: things simultaneously? Right. Right. So uh, so, uh, speaking about my election process first, I think, you know, it did get overwhelming at one time, I think when I talked about that Soapbox video that I had to present it the next day, I was actually overwhelmed because we had to also manage our academics and we had an assignment coming due. But I think that's where you know, you get the support of your study group. And also one more thing I would like to mention is the alums. They are very supportive. I think the class of 23 before us, I remember I called up my buddy and she absolutely pushed me to go ahead and uh, you know stand for the election so she was very supportive she had valid points so that was the first thing it did get overwhelming but it was about you know looking at the bigger picture at that time and secondly once I got elected yes it does get hectic at times but it's important to plan your day the college is very supportive in that way firstly they know when your exams are coming up so they will you know make sure that you have uh, the time to study and apart from that the course outline for every subject is given beforehand and we know which deadline is going to come when So when you know that, you can plan much better for every day. Right. So that's, I mean,
0: at this point, I'm sure a lot of our listeners would have one question to ask you.
1: Let me ask that. How many hours do you sleep at ISB on a daily basis? Yeah, That's an interesting question. And um, I won't blame ISB completely for this. I mean, those who want to sleep can sleep at least eight hours easily. But as I said, the fear of missing out is very real on this campus. So, there are times when you know I'm done with all my assignments and everything, say by even 10 pm or 9 pm. But I would then go play table tennis with everyone because uh, you know that's just something which you would like to unwind at the end of the day. And then I would sleep at 1 pm. 1 am sorry. So, um, you know that being said, I would say I get about 7 hours of sleep even then. Impressive. And I hear your family
0: is also on campus. Your spouse is on campus. So, how are you able to spend time with her as well, uh, you know with all this Things going around in uh, the campus, all the activities, soapbox,
1: acads, and so on so forth. So I think there's this impression, I think for uh, the people who are married that, you know, how will they manage their family time uh, along with, you know, a rigorous year of learning over here. But again, it is manageable. You know, the classes are just four to five hours a day. You have the rest of the day, which you can spend with your spouse. Even though you have to give time to your study group, there is enough time to also spend with your family if you plan it well. Apart from that, there's so many activities on campus for my spouse as well. You know, we have a spouse and uh, family association here. There are a lot of activities which are conducted by the college for them. Apart from that, my spouse has access to facilities here. She can use the library and she is uh, working from home as well as studying for her own uh, CPA degree. So she has the right environment. One more thing I like to mention over here is our housekeeping staff. Uh, they are so supportive, very polite staff, and they make sure that you know uh, the house is maintained and cleaned every day. So that also gives her time to you know focus on what she wants to do. And uh, you know, if someone is keen on learning new skills, be it a student or the spouse or family member, they will learn it at ISP.
0: I'm sure with you know, such uh, environment in terms of the lawns, in terms of the facilities you get, in terms of the library, wonderful library that we have. It must be a heaven for, I mean, your wife to learn, yes. prepare for your... Uh, yes, attendance. and I
1: also just... quickly mention, I think uh, they have coaches, the swimming coaches and the tennis coaches, yoga coaches as well, which are open for, you know, the spouse and family members. So as I said, if someone wants to learn something new or, uh, you know, maintain, make a routine, a daily routine, it is easy to do that here.
0: Let's now talk about your uh, preparation for when you're planning to apply to ISB in the uh, years last year. I hear that you are a Mm re-applicant. And a lot of people who apply to ISB every year are re-applicants. In fact, there's one stat which says that 30% of people uh, who apply every year to ISB are re-applicants. And many of them get through in the subsequent years. So what is your take being a re-applicant? How did you go about this journey? And how did you you overcome the rejection in the initial years and then uh, apply to ISB and got through last year?
1: Yes, I did apply in 2018, which was, uh, you know, about four four to five years back. And I did manage to get waitlisted, but I was ultimately rejected. And, you know, while you might feel uh, dejected at that time that you didn't get through uh, to your dream university, I think it's important to realize that, you know, it is also an opportunity to gain new skills and come back with an even stronger application in the, n- in the next year. So that's exactly what I did. And uh, I was a fresher chartered accountant at that time when I last applied with around two years of experience. But uh, in the in the time I spent in between also COVID was the reason why I didn't apply and I also had family reasons. But when I did apply, I, had, I applied again as a manager and by then I had gained a lot of more skills. And today I'm grateful that you know, I, I got in now uh, than than before because now I'm able to contribute a lot more to my classrooms as well. So I would say to every every person who has been rejected before, don't give up, uh, you know, it's just a stop sign in your process and you know, come back even stronger and uh, there is no reason why you, you might not get selected in the future. So you applied multiple times to ISB. Uh, why ISB?
0: I mean, I'm sure we would have uh, options uh, otherwise as well. So what is it that you want uh, that
1: you wanted to do an MBA from ISB? So I have two reasons here. One uh, one is a personal reason and one is uh, you know another uh, more professional reason. So I think I'll start with the professional reason first. I think ISB, if you look at it today, it is the number one ranked university over here. But more than that, it is what all you can learn over here. There's so many different skills, so many different courses. And if anyone wants to learn purely, ISB is the place to be. If I talk about the India factor, yes, India is a global, uh, you know, is a developing economy and could be a global economic superpower in the years to be. And this is the place to be. I mean, being in India, ISP has a big advantage over any other university in the world. If someone is looking for a career in India or even abroad for that matter, the skills you'll gain at ISP will take you a long way. Secondly, I think if I can quickly mention the ROI factor, uh, you know, what you're getting at ISP is, uh, you know, a lot more ROI than any other international university. But at the same time, if someone is looking for the international experience, uh, you know, the campus exchange program here is brilliant. And uh, we just had it about last week where people could bid for, you know, their dream schools apart from ISP. And people are very happy with that opportunity. And thirdly, if I look at it, you know, I had a personal fact. I mean, the last time I applied, uh, I was waitlisted. and My dad had brought me for the interview. Uh, unfortunately, I lost my father last year, but um, to cancer. Yeah, to cancer. But during his treatment, he did. Uh, I remember he, he was going through undergoing chemotherapy, and he did tell me once more that you know uh, you haven't applied the last few years because of COVID uh, and what's going on. But you know, give give it another shot. You have a good GMAT score. You have a good profile. Give it another shot and try it ISP again. So that was my personal reason if I bring it into the picture why I applied for ISP this year. Very inspiring, I'm
0: sure. A lot of candidates would you know uh, learn from this and all drone on their own experiences and you know, not procrastinate further, I'm sure. So let's talk about, you know, uh, you have nine years of work experience, you have you are a CA, you have a lot of uh, background
1: in finance. What next from ISB? I mean, what are you looking at after ISB? Right, you know, as I mentioned, there's so much here to learn. And if I talk about it individually, I do have a finance background and I've gained skills in this over the last few years. But, you know, I'm looking at something into strategy and operations management, brilliant courses which ISP offers here. And uh, maybe targeting a company like Lenskart, for example, which has clearly mentioned in their website and uh, in their mission statements that they want to expand to new markets. So my personal goal post-ISP would be to, you know, get into a company like Lenskart and sort of uh, head that process where, you know, I can help them set up, uh, you know, their business in new markets. And going on, uh, you know, um, use the skills I've learned here Uh, And to get into a firefighting manager role, you know, where if things go wrong, I can step in and, you know, control it. So that is my personal goal, to be honest. Great, great.
0: So let's have some rapid-fire questions for you now. Okay. What's your favourite hangout spot on campus?
1: Well, I think there are many spots here, but my easiest would be the recreational centre, where we have the foosball tables, squash courts and the table tennis tables. I think I'm there every day, at least twice a day. Great. Shimla or Goa? I think Goa, because we are already close to the mountains, so we can easily touch Kasali. But uh, Goa would be a good change. Right. Are you a front bencher or a back bencher? I would say, uh, based on the seating, ISB always gives me in each term. They either put me in the front or in the last row. But uh, if I had a preference, I would sit somewhere in the middle. (laughs) And in terms of academics, yes, academics are important. But I think that's not the only thing you need to focus on in ISB. There's so much to learn from every single individual. So that's what I would focus on as well. What wildlife have you encountered on the campus? No snakes uh, so Not far yet. and I'm <laughs> counting my stars every day. I'm looking down when I walk. But uh, a lot of migratory birds, uh, I think uh, I'm someone who likes to click a lot of uh, pictures and I'm into nature. So, uh, I enjoy looking at the peacocks every day and the different birds that we see every day on campus. If there's one advice you'll give to the prospects for this year, what would that be? The first advice I would give them is to be clear in what they actually want to achieve. Uh, You know, just don't do the MBA for the sake of a degree like that. Think about what you want to achieve in life. Uh, It didn't have to be, you know, I know I made a generic statement, but I'm not talking about, um, you know, 20 years, 30 years down the line. Think small steps and then lead that and connect that with your bigger goals in life. To be honest, I mean, I can say today that I want to be a CEO and that's why I've joined uh, ISB, And that could be a cliche answer for many. But, you know, think about the small steps. Uh, I've come as a manager. I'm thinking of, you know, if I can head a business unit in the short term, maybe in the next three to four years. And then from there, if I gain those skills properly, I could maybe be a CEO, uh, you know, in the long run. So it's about connecting the dots and think the prospects, uh, prospective candidates need to be clear on that. And as long as they're clear in the application, they should have a good chance. Absolutely. Connecting the dots and being clear in the application is what uh, prospects need to take away from this
0: answer. Thanks, Sashmeet, for being part of this episode. It was wonderful having you here. I'm sure the audience has got tremendous insights from this interaction. We will have them in
1: their own uh, journey for the IBPGP next year. Thank you, sir, for giving me this opportunity. Pleasure to be here again. Pleasure to have you in Okay.